This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt on the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Hey, good morning. Welcome along to a beautiful sunny day. Good morning. But Charlie, man, is it still cold. Yikes. Oh, you know what? Getting a little bit of sun and it's not bad. Well, uh, that's, I guess blue, right blue there. sky. The sun is very much coming and on with some warmth. And look at this website. Oh, beautiful. Spring yeah. 2015. Let me hold the mic up so the folks can see it at home. Starts in 20 days, 9 hours, 38 minutes, and 4 seconds. Uh, three, two, Except one. One. Yeah. And. <laughs> There's hardly any wind out there this morning, which makes it very pleasant. If you, yeah. As long as you're you know, dressed warmly, go out, take the dog out for a little tinkle, and you're away to the races. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Charlie, it's uh, good to be uh, in the studio with you once again. Of course, what my main job is to give out the phone number so we can get calls in, mm-hmm. and you can answer those questions mm-hmm. for all the gardeners. All right, here we go. For Toronto, call this number, my friends, 416-360-0740, and then one 740 Four seven forty for anywhere that you know in the province. For gosh sakes, the mantra is call early, call often. One question per call. And first timers, if you please let Justin know, that's a voice you'll be hearing when you call in. He'll let me know, and I'll give you the bell. <laughs> Bring the chimes for you and okay. welcome you to the show. Exactement. And uh, yes, few announcements before we get into any calls mm-hmm. from all of our various people that have things going on. So remember we went to the Orchid Show here in Toronto at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. This weekend is the Royal Botanical Gardens Orchid Society annual show. So today and tomorrow from 10 until 5 o'clock and tomorrow from 8 until 10, I believe it is, they've got that same little window for photographers with tripods. Tripods and all that Because no tripods are allowed between 10 and 5 because it's just too, too busy. Um, And, of course, this is uh, at... As I mentioned, the Royal Botanical Gardens, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. March the 3rd, the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society is holding a general meeting. They meet at the McConaughey Center at 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. And it's an interesting um, event. Instead of having some expert speaker lecturing the crowd, mm-hmm. it's all about Q's and A's from the crowd to each other. Oh, so everybody's going to be an expert and share yeah. uh, share their... You know what? Because there's no one answer for garden mm-hmm. questions. There's often many answers. And that's what's kind of fun about getting multi-people involved because you'll get many different ideas. Learn a lot more. That's right. And ideas, things to try. So uh, that's going on. March the 7th, next Saturday, the London Middlesex Master Gardeners present the 8th annual CDC 
Saturday from 10 until 3 p.m. at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Centre, 656 Elizabeth Street in London. Uh, not just seeds, but of course, vendors are there with lots of handy garden products and there's plants and ideas and exhibitors and again, expert advice, free this and that. It's all very fun, though it does cost to get in the door. It costs $5 to get in the door, but once you're in there, there's all kinds of things going on. And March the 9th, I will just mention this, uh, Agent Court Garden Club, they're hosting their monthly meeting there on March 9th. The speaker is Joanne Blanchard. She's speaking on the subject of bulbs, rhizomes, and tubers. Wow. Yeah, there are differences. You should know that. All right. Uh, A bulb is not a rhizome, and a rhizome is not a tuber. They're all different. That's the lesson for today, my friends. (laughs) And, oh, hey, big news. Yes, yes. I see a little sprout on my medanilla. Oh, nice. li- yeah, it's starting to starting to. I think it's a flower coming, and, but it's a little wee tiny, little tiny green thing, and, and it's right in the middle of the. Uh, oh, it's probably a leaf then. It's oh, right in the middle. crumb. Yeah, it's really interesting the way the medanilla grows. It's got that little fuzzy yeah, center yeah, yeah. where two leaves have come out. Yeah. You just keep watching that little sprout. It, if you get enough of them and you get used to what they look like, there is a difference between the flower bud and the leaf bud. Oh, okay. But n- nevertheless... I'm getting excited all for nothing, maybe. No, there's huh? nothing wrong with getting a leaf or two, right? <laughs> well, the plant's sure. got to grow. The bit more leaves, the more photosynthesis, the more it grows. It's not a bad thing. For those of you who haven't already guessed, I am zilch when it comes to gardening Oh, come on. You've, well, been, having, you've been doing well. Uh, yeah, my uh, nematode uh, lessons are good. I know that. But you know <laughs> what? We've got to move along here. But you've kept that medanilla alive now yeah. for over a year. Yep. Yep. Well, it's it's starting to now, it's starting to give forth some new growth. Okay. And we're going to grow in the listening. To, and you know what we're going to do right now? No. What are we going to do right we're now? Gonna, I'm going to take over the show. <laughs> I, I can know, tell. I mean, <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about Sierra Sill. Are we? Yes, we you, are. Uh, I, of course, love to plug the fact that, that uh, wonderful topical spray, analgesic topical spray, not only smells so wonderful that you really do swear you've fallen out of a pine tree. Fallen but, out of a pine tree. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, I, I really, think that would hurt. I well, mean, no. you'd want the spray. Well, I'm... Oh, oh. <laughs> Here she's interrupt my train of thought again. And all I'm trying to say is if you've got sore muscles, you know, spray this topical spray on. You will not only feel a hell of a lot better, yeah. but you're going to smell terrific. Oh, well, there you go. That's important. Yeah. Now, now, of course, that assumes that you've taken your Sierra Sil pills, so you're feeling limber and your joints joints aren't hurting at all, and you climb up that pine tree, and then (laughs) you're up there in the pine tree having a good old time, and then when you fall out, of course, you put the spray on because your muscles hurt when you fall out of the tree. Bottom line is Sierra Sil products do work because both Frank and I use them as required and as directed. If you're interested, check them out on the web, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. You just love taking my creative uses and just dosing I get them these, like... Well, I just get these visuals from you, and then I think I, I should just follow through on where well, my yeah, visual okay. went. Well, okay, hold on that, then. <laughs> hold on that. But anyway, Sierra Sil, let me spell it for you. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, here we are, Charlie and uh, yours truly, Frank Proctor. And gosh, we've got uh, callers on the line. Dorothy in Toronto just on the line right now. Hey, Dorothy, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm having trouble watering my orchids. Mm-hmm. How come? And... Uh, Last week when I talked to you, you said to, to have the, the water at room temperature for 
24 hours. Well, I did that, and then I put them in the pail, like you said, mm -hmm. and the, then the orchids fell over because, well, it was too big. I guess the pail was too big for water. No, and it's because... one of the flowers. Okay. So now I want to know how I'm going to water it. Okay. So, Dorothy, everything you did sounds perfect. Pale, water, 24 hours, all good. When you put the orchid in, it's dry, so it will fall over, particularly if it's flowering, because it's top-heavy. So you have to hold the pot, and you have to hold it upright, and it will slowly start to sink as it start, the water starts to be absorbed into the bark mm -hmm. and into the spaces between the bark. It'll slowly get heavier and heavier and heavier till it sinks to the bottom. Once it's sunk to the bottom, wait till the final bits of air bubbles have left and that might take a minute or two and at that point, because you're standing there the whole time holding on to it, you'll lift the pot out of the water and just sit it in the sink and let it drain for five or ten minutes and put it back where it was in your house, in your apartment. Okay. okay. How... Um how deep is in the water does the, the pot go? It, the, it goes, un, in a perfect world, the entire orchid, but not the flowers, but the entire orchid, leaves and all, go underwater. Well, the flowers. No, not you don't, the flowers. Not the flowers, because the flowers are standing up above the leaves, right? Okay. Oh, I, yeah, okay. But, yeah, the higher up. Yeah, okay. So okay. the water, it goes up how high? Just to the edge of the pot? No, it can, the leaves can go underwater as well. Not the flowers, though. That's the important thing. Not right. the flowers. So okay. over the edge of the pot, over the leaves. So it might be, you know, a couple inches over the leaves. Or it just depends on how tall your orchid is and how big the pot is. How deep your sink is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You. Oh, Thanks, Dorothy. Good thank luck you, with Dorothy. that. Yeah, excellent. Okay. We've got that straight away. Well, we hope. Um, hope Eleanor yeah. in Waterloo on the line. But just before we welcome her to the show, i uh, got to let you know we've got two lines open right now. And the number is to call 416 360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, Eleanor, let me open the door and welcome you in. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Charlie, it's just a follow-up. Mm -hmm. Just after Christmas, I called you about my Christmas cactus blooming and dropping all its blooms before they open. Mm -hmm. You suggested I put it, my room was too warm, and at night to put it out in the hall, which I did. Mm -hmm. My cactus is now in full bloom. Excellent. Now, wow. one frond has not got a bloom on it. Oh, nice, nice. I've also put my orchids out, uh -huh. and my orchids are all in bud. Yeah, great. So I just thought I'd... Yeah. I'd tell you that in case someone else is listening in and has the same problem I had. Excellent. Well, good to hear. And that just shows you the, the difference that temperature makes and how much impact the temperature has on particularly flowering plants. Yes. Yep. And the, the, the orchids, um, they, 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 were, they were healthy, but they, they weren't blooming. Mm -hmm. And the minute I started putting them out with the Christmas cactus yeah. and bringing them back in in the morning, putting them where they belong... They're all in bud. Nice. All right. Well, enjoy all that, and thanks for letting us know. Thank you very much for your help. <laughs> all right. Have Bye. a great Have a great day, Eleanor. Thanks for joining us here. So you might want to just keep that. You, Mr. Medanella that wants blooms. That's right. You, if you could put your Medanella into a cooler location. It's right by the door, as a matter of fact, uh, into the sunlight. True. Tr yeah, I know, but, but it's, it's, it's hot cool. during the day. No, not, no. The sun comes pouring in. You face mm. south. 
Yeah. Well, it's hot in the sun. Trust me. Is it? Oh, okay. Well, I'll move it away from there. No, no, no. What's what? What Eleanor was just saying is she has the optimal location, just like you do for daytime. Yeah. It's that keeping it, getting it cool at night. Cool, cool, cool. How? how what do you set your um, apartment thermostat or to? Jeez, you know, I don't. I probably about uh, seventy-one, maybe even at night. Well, I don't fool around it. Yeah, just the temperature. You don't, eh? No. You should. Oh, good heavens. You should put it down to like 66 or 67 at night. I've got more important things to do than run around and fiddle with my damn (laughs) thermostat. Good God. You know. Oh, my goodness. I am so shocked, shocked (laughs) that you don't think of these things. Oh, my. We we have to take a little bit of a break right now, but we are coming back to welcome a first-time caller to the air. So... Anne-Marie, hold on, because the bell is on the way after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frankie, the sous chef of the garden, ready to go with the bell here. All for Anne-Marie in Toronto. There you are. Good morning. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right. You've got your I, wings. I have a problem with my shamrock or oxalis. Uh-huh. I got it from a friend 35 years ago. Wow, yep. It got white fly a couple years ago, and I, you know, put the trounce on it and did everything, got rid of that. Mm-hmm. But it's when it comes up now, it's getting white spots on the leaves. Oh, like it grows with white spots on the leaves. Well, it comes up green. Uh-huh. And then it turns, um, and sometimes it's the little leaves, and sometimes it's the bigger leaves. And the develop sp- these white spots on them. And are the spots on the surface of the leaves, the top? Um, well, it goes right through. I'm just looking at it now. It's uh, like there's no insects. Mm-hmm. But And somebody said I was watering it too much, so I cut back on that. But it's still, I mean, it flowers. And is it's it in the, the sun? Soil. Do you have the plant in, in a fairly sunny location? Oh, it's right in the south facing... Um, Sliding glass door. Okay. Because, I mean, this is a pretty tough little plant. Yeah, and the, it was fine until the white flies hit it. Right. And you use trounce, which shouldn't... I mean, it is... It grows... There's little underground bulbs that the yeah. oxalis grows from. So yeah. leaves die away and new leaves come up, and it's just sort of an ongoing thing. Yeah. And what I would suggest you do is, yeah, definitely cut back on your watering because... There's the wh- white spots on an oxalis. White could be white flies, which you would know. They would be flying around. Yeah. And they might look a bit like a spot, but no, they no, fly. these are quite big spots. Yeah, and now spots yeah. that are fungal in nature are, will be kind of a powdery look, and you'd be able to wipe them off. So if you go no. to one of those white spots and put your hand no. under the leaf and try and rub the top, the white would come off. No, they don't wipe. Right. So they're, And you say it goes all the way through. So that almost makes it sound like um, maybe it's too much. It's getting bleached. Maybe it's getting sunburned. Oh. But isn't that funny where it's been in? Okay. Because I'll just move it back from the window. Yeah, that w- are they like dry little spots? And the, like they, you know, if you rub them, they'll drop right out? The f- nope. Oh. Nope. They're, hmm. I'm just rubbing the leaves now and I rub too hard, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's a bit odd, but I mean, yeah, there are, it could be fungal. So be careful of the watering. Don't overwater, and and you know because you could rot the plant. Remembering that all those little tubers are under the soil there. Okay. Better to err on the underwatering rather than the overwatering. Okay. And it does like a bright spot. There's no question. I mean, it's, it, it 
be a bit odd to be sunburned at this time of year, but it could be. I mean, suddenly we are getting some sunny days and we haven't had any sun for like the last three months. So it could be just that the older leaves are getting uh, a little bit sunburned. New leaves should be fine, though. That shouldn't no, happen. they're not. Hmm. I'm just looking at, um, and it's, this has been going on for several months. Can you take a photograph and email it to me? I could try. Okie doke. <laughs> That'd be the best. I'll, let me try. give you the email for, yeah. for Charlie Dobbin, okay? Okay. It's c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay. C.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at, dot Dobbin, okay. That's right. At mzmedia.com. Okay. okay. Thanks very much for your help. All right. Thank okay. you. I'll Thanks, Anne Marie. Have a good day. Bye bye. You betcha. And thank you for joining us for the first time. And don't yeah. let that be the last don't time. Don't be a stranger. No. And, exactly. and I think that, that that's kind of an interesting point where Anne Marie has a problem. She's explaining it to me. I'm trying to answer it. But it doesn't sound like I've yeah. got the right answer for her problem. So, in that kind of situation, a photograph via email is. It's very, very useful. Yep. Okay. And I'm happy to look and send you an answer back. All righty. Let's take a little trip to a town that uh, both my late wife, Di, and I used to have a little store called the Weaver's Loom, right on the main street of Stouffville. And uh, we had a great time in that uh, little town. It's, of course, it's growing like crazy it's now. It's not a little town Not anymore. a little town. No, that's for sure. It was a one-horse town, but not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, no. two horses now. It's, it's where Blanche lives, too, I believe. Hey, Blanche, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Love your show, you guys. Thank okay. you. Um, I have a question about uh, geraniums that I overwintered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when can I take cuttings from them? Are you getting new growth on them? Uh, it's starting. Because mm-hmm. the, that's what you're going to want. The, the, that will be your cutting material, will be that new growth. Uh-huh. So if it's just starting to sprout, and keeping in mind that you, you're going to need cuttings that are, that are at least, say, two inches tall minimum. Okay. So you've got to get a good two inches, two and a half inches of new growth before you can take cuttings. Okay. Now, do I root them in water first or what do I do then? Well, properly you root your cuttings after dipping them into a rooting hormone. And the rooting hormone. You will root them in moist perlite or moist sand most properly. But most of us don't have gallons of sand or perlite, and it's hard to even tell when it's moist, so right. most people use water. Okay. <laughs> but you run the risk of the, of the cut end rotting in water, which okay. you do not uh, run that risk, uh, nearly as high a risk, if you use a, a substrate like a sand or a perlite. So I have to wait a little bit yet. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. for joining our show. Okay, boy, we're traveling all around the province here. Here we go, up to Midland to say hi to Noreen. Welcome to the show, Noreen. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Great. That's good. Uh, my son gave me a miniature rose bush, and it's red, very nice, but um, I guess I only had about a day, and all the leaves start falling off. Oh. They turn yellow, yep. and uh, you just touch them, and down they yeah, fall. Yeah, they shatter. So tell me, have you got it in lots of sun? Yes. Uh, so it's in a southern window or a western window, right in the window? Um, near it, yes. Okay, because a little roses, all roses love lots of sun. You can't give them too much sun. Yeah. How, if you felt the soil right now, how what would it feel like? Um, it's probably starting to dry out. Okay. It should be allowed to get fairly dry between waterings. Mm-hmm. You do not want to keep a rose constantly wet or it will drop all its leaves. 
and oh. its flowers. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of, it might, uh, that'd be my impulse is that you might be overwatering it. Yeah, I probably did. It's not underwatering it. It's, and of course, it's in a little pot with drainage, right? Or is it all wrapped up in a gift planter? No, it has a drainage hole. Good. So that pot with a drainage hole is sitting in a saucer of some kind. Mm-hmm. When you water, you want to water enough that the water will come through the drainage hole. And then you wait five or ten minutes. And then you pour out any excess water that's sitting in the saucer. And you do not water again until either feel the weight of the pot after you've watered, feel how heavy it is. And mm-hmm. then wait. It's going to be at least a week probably. might be ten days. It depends on the temperature and the sunshine levels. But uh you will not water until it feels quite dry. You must, should feel dry to the touch, the now soil. Will it start to make more leaves? Yes, it will, as long as you don't keep overwatering it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you very thanks much. For your thanks for your Thanks. By the way, what's it like in Midland this morning? Very Today cold? Today, it's a beautiful sunny day. We have lots of snow up here. Uh-huh. And it's just glistening. Well, that's great. Uh, that's great, because okay. you're going up to Collingwood tomorrow, <laughs> yes, aren't you? Yes, I am. Which is very close to Midland. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You'll be out in that glistening <laughs> snow. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for your call. Okay, right. thank, thank you. you. Hey, and you know, we have a f- another first-time caller on the line. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me first of all welcome Barb here. Hey, there you go, Barb. How are you this morning? Hello, Barb. Good morning, Barb. Good morning, Charlie. Nice well, talking to you. Welcome. I love your program. Thank you. Barb, where is Prince Albert? That's what it, I... It's in a village within Port Perry. Oh, oh. okay. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I always think of Port Perry as a bit of a village, and it's a village in Port Perry. No, it's the other way. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. okay. Cool. Alrighty. Well, in, I know in any that area. case, we welcome you to the show. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, what I'd like to know, Charlie, is I have two Christmas uh, cactus... And they need to be uh, put into bigger pots. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to know what kind of potting soil to use for them. A well-drained potting soil. So if you go to your local garden center, which I'm, or even Home Depot, Canadian Tire, that kind of a store, you should find a f- Walmart, a, a, f- a shelf mm-hmm. with different potting soils. In a perfect world, you will find a potting soil that says it's for cactuses or cacti and succulents. Okay. And that would be your optimal soil because Christmas cactus do not want to be in a really water-retaining soil. It's just too heavy of a soil. The better drains, the better. So if you have to end up with just a regular potting soil, mix. if you can get some sand, mix a little sand in with a regular potting soil, and that will help facilitate the drainage. Oh, well, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Okay, yep. bye-bye now. Bye now. We're leaving that door open for you, Barb. Next time you call, you're going to be a second-timer, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and we won't have a bell. We'll have a horn. <laughs> oh, that's it. Maybe that, yeah. that'd be a good We could do that. We could all, do all different One musical those, things. Uh, for... Al- Alpine horns. <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> hey, Bob and Don Mills, welcome to the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Oh, thank you very much. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Good morning. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. I, I, we'd called in the uh, fall. We, um, we, uh, we had a problem area in between our houses, and you mm-hmm. recommended that we uh, look at Pinterest and the next door and whatever. I remember, yeah. Thank you so much for that. That's been a great help. We're going down that road. Excellent. Uh, this morning's problem, we have a, a slow-growing yew bush. Uh, it's about two feet wide by about four feet high, mm-hmm. and it's getting straggly branches and whatever. 
So with the spring on the horizon, we're wondering how we should prune it and how much and what kind of fertilizer we should be putting on it. Okay, no, it's a good question and good timing to ask it. The thing that we love about yews is that they are one of the most forgiving plants out there when it comes to pruning. Mm -hmm. You can prune a yew very, very hard, meaning you can really cut it back hard, and it will sprout new tissue, new growth off of very old, stumpy wood, wow. which is great. I mean, that's that's a, an unusual thing. Most evergreens do not do that. Mm-hmm. So when we trim the ewes is when they begin to actively grow. Okay. Depends on the spring. Usually that is in June, might be mid-June, early June, late June. It's when, you know, the new flush of green growth is the tips are, you know, of all the plant is starting to turn bright green because that's all brand new growth. Mm -hmm. And that's your time to get out your Edward Scissorhands kind of shears and do whatever trimming you want to do, shaping the plant so that it's it looks nice right. and any bare spots have been dealt with and uh, recognizing that a flush of growth will come out mm-hmm. at the tips of wherever you prune it back to. Okay. Okay. At that same time or actually slightly before that is when you fertilize. Okay. Because the spring we fertilize all of our garden plants in, and we do that whenever spring hits. It might be April. It might be May. Is there a specific fertilizer we would use? or No, but preferably you would use an evergreen food or an all-purpose fertilizer. So an all-purpose would be like a 10-10-10 or a 20-20-20 type yep. fertilizer. Yep. Yep. Or you would get a hold of an actual evergreen food and that's going to be like a 30-10-10. It's going to be a higher nitrogen. Uh, you know, uh, proportionally in the nitrogen to encourage green growth. Wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thanks for your call. Okay, Bob. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much for coming and getting in the studio here via the old tel- telephony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I might as well get the phone numbers again here. 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners. And then our toll-free line, of course, one 740 And Lori in Bowmanville. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Great. Great. How are you? I'm good. I have a, a question regarding miniature orchids. Mm-hmm. I must have about 10 of them mm-hmm. in little three-and-a-half-inch pots. Mm-hmm. They're growing great, but I've never got them to rebloom. And I'm just wondering, can I plant all of these together in one pot? I probably wouldn't, but I'm not, you could if they are of the same species or same genus. <clears throat> are they all what are considered? They're called phalaenopsis. They're the ones that are called moth orchids. Or do you know? Do you have any idea what kind of they're orchids? Phalaenopsis, and they're the little miniature ones. Right. So, yeah, could you? I mean, the reason why you could pot them together is because they, they require the same care, same right. kind of light, same kind of water, uh, will, you know, grow roughly at the same rate. So that, that's why you could pot them all together. But generally speaking, we don't pot plants together like that. And why don't we? Because if something happens to one of them, it can, like if one of them were to become diseased, for example, then they all get diseased because they'd all be sharing the same water and you know soil or substrate. So I just I I can't yeah I'm just trying to think of I mean you could you could but I, an orchid pot designed for ten miniature be a very shallow little pan that you'd be putting them into right right they're all they're all in little plastic mm-hmm. uh, rubbery um, pots yeah. and have a ceramic pot on the outside okay um, and they're all planted in sphagnum moss right which dries out I find even more than bark does. Right. So would I plant them in sphagnum moss? 
Uh, you'd probably do a mix. You'd probably do both some bark and some moss because you're not going to take the moss away from the existing roots. Right. But you would probably put one because you're going to get into a slightly larger container. So, I mean, you could individually pot each of them up into like a five-inch orchid pot, for example. And you could certainly use bark as part of that potting up. And you could just go straight into terracotta pots as well. Yeah. Uh, just because they do have that good drainage that we're always looking for. And having some bark and some moss together wouldn't be a bad thing. So it would be a shallow pot, not a deep pot. If you're putting them all together, it would be a very shallow pan in my visualization. Yeah. But if you were um, potting them up into, say, individual terracotta pots, and they're about a five-inch pot, they would probably stand about four inches tall. Well, I've never been able to get them to rebloom. Yeah, that reblooming thing. You, did you hear um, our second caller, Eleanor from Waterloo, commented that her orchids that haven't been blooming for ages are suddenly blooming, and she believes that that's because she's been putting them into a very cool spot for the night and back into the regular room temperatures for the day. Well, they face an east window, and the room isn't heated. Okay. So, you know, they are fairly cool. I mean, they're growing great. Yep, yep. The leaves are shiny. Fertilizer? Have you ever fertilized? Yeah, I fertilize maybe once every two months okay. when I water them. So um, maybe maybe consider fertilizing more often now, now that the days are getting longer and spring is in the air. Make it a, every two weeks to three weeks fertilizing. Yeah. But, and okay. that might encourage, that might just get some, some flower buds to pop. Because they sound happy, you know, if they're, like you said, they're, they're in good good place <clears throat> and lots of healthy green leaves. You just need to, it, but use orchid fertilizer because you want to, you know, yeah. push yeah. the flowers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank Thanks you, Lori, very much. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Uh, we're just going to take a little bit of a break here and come back. We've got other callers all lined up to talk to Charlie here on The Garden Show. As you know, uh, one of our, <clears throat> pardon me, one of our main sponsors here at the station is Sierra Sill, and uh, they're based in Vancouver. Charlie, did you uh, read that note that uh, Michael Bentley sent along, the president of, uh, I did. of Sierra, Sierra I did. Sill? Well, it's basically about them undergoing uh, all sorts of testing and so forth, blind testing yeah, with the product. Placebos and, they've had some, and yep, non-placebos. They've had some very successful results from that. It hasn't been... And that's with athletes. That's with yeah. professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're awaiting... Uh, he's going to keep us up to speed mm-hmm. on, uh, on how these all turn out. Well, no, like you said, it's been really good results. But mm-hmm. the problem is the sample size was so tiny, yeah. you can't like really publish this as a big deal. But bottom line is, yeah, he has been working with and continues to work with professionals, particularly in British Columbia, so football players, hockey players, and, um, you know, track and field stars, that That's sort right. of thing. And, and they're, they're coming down on the side of, wow, yeah, and this some is making a difference. The Pan Am athletes that are yeah. coming to Toronto this, this summer, and yeah, they've been certainly experiencing uh, far less pain in terms of yeah. joints and much quicker muscle um, response and, and health after any kind of an injury. So all the more, a good reason to check out Sierra Sill. Get those capsules, take three at night. That's what I do and three you do. Three at night, yeah, yeah, I do three in the day, and, morning. Okay, whatever the case may be, whatever suits three your... Three a day. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> and, and then uh, you'll, you're going to notice a difference within 14 days. And if you don't, then you'll get your money back. All your money back. So okay. for more information, give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.ca. S-I-E. R-R-A-S-I-L Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphinia. 
Williams. Stalks, Flocks, Hollyhocks, Tulips and Sweet Williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, good morning, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, and we both are excited and delighted that you are here with us, including Jean in Dundas. Hey, good morning, Jean. Good morning. Oh, Gene, I'm fine. No, you know great. what? We're here. We're here. Uh, Let's okay. do it. Okay. All right. Do it. Charlie wanted to say something. But uh, Frank's just in. doing the usual takeover <laughs> of the show. Good morning, Gene. Oh, Good morning, guys. <laughs> uh, my question is, uh-huh. I have a lot, about 27 plants in my house. I love plants. Oh, yeah. And most are philodendrons. Mm-hmm. And they're outgrowing their pot. I know it. But my question is, if I take them out of the pots they're in, mm-hmm. Do I leave them in the same soil, or do I, like, uh, I guess what they call it, feather the uh, roots and transplant? I don't want to lose them. Right. Yeah, well, they're pretty tough plants, philodendrons. Um, So if they're requiring – okay, remember a couple things. When we – put a plant into a bigger pot, we are going to encourage it to be a bigger plant. Right. So as long as you're good with that, because, you know, philodendrons can get very large, and before you know and it, I you're, like that. you're in a jungle. All right. So that's good. So if you're going to get some bigger pots or, um, you know, sometimes the biggest ones that you currently have will have to go to bigger pots, but the smaller ones can go into the, the pots that you're taking the other ones out of. But you'll scrub the pots if you're reusing them. You'll have fresh potting soil on hand. I would not necessarily do a lot of cleaning away of the old soil. Okay, just like when you, you plant a, a plant outside, you just kind of, you know, finger it? Well, sort of. It depends how root-bound they are. Okay. When you take the plant out of the pot, if it's just a mass of roots going, particularly in a spiral, round and round, very clearly a pot full of roots and not a lot of soil, then you definitely want to loosen those roots and take them out of that spiral shape. But not cut them or anything? Not necessarily. Um, but again, it's, if they are all knotted together, sometimes we uh, the pot we're going into, you know, we, we loosen them out. But if there's any that are brown or black or shriveled up, those should definitely be cut away. We only want to leave healthy, white, firm roots intact. And if you have to trim a few of those, not a big deal. Uh, because again, pretty tough plants, vigorous, they'll, they'll put up with that. But you're going to have fresh soil. soil you'd use? Just a regular, all-purpose, you know, good quality. Usually it's a soilless mix that you'll get a hold of. And with that many plants, you're going to want a pretty big bag. Oh, yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's lots of really, you know, ProMix uh, makes a great soilless mixes and has for many, many years. Uh, so that's like under the premier name, um, Scott's make some great uh, soilless mixes. So there's lots of them out there. Okay. I just want to make sure because I don't want anything to happen to me. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Do, remember, it's one of those things. You do get what you pay for. So do, so do get a quality soil, and okay. that way you know it'll be disease-free and insect-free, and that's very important to start. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. And uh, welcome to the show. Let's go to – wait. Before we do that – oh, my God. I almost did it again. I know you did. I just wanted to go back to – yes. The caller before Jean, which was Lori calling from Mm -hmm. Bowmanville, and she was talking about her orchids, her mini orchids, and this idea of planting them on. And I was flashing on the fact that Bowmanville is not that far from Peterborough, and perhaps Lori even got these in Peterborough, but the Peterborough Garden Show happens every year, and I got a mini orchid there once years ago, and I was just thinking, you know... um, if Lori isn't familiar with the Peterborough Garden Show, I've got it here and I, you know, got all distracted. So where's the date? 
Thursday, Thursday, April second. So April second, third, and fourth. So coming up in a, mm-hmm. a month, basically, the Peterborough Garden Show will be going on in Peterborough. Assuming that that there was a couple of orchid vendors at the show the last time I was there, and they have orchid pots and orchid bark and orchid paraphernalia. To do with orchids. Yeah, so I was, you know, obviously, unless Lori's going to jump in her car from Bowmanville and drive to the Royal Botanical Gardens today or tomorrow, where the orchid show is on, she could do that. But just you know, that idea of what kind of pots and that sort of thing, there's a good opportunity to pick up what she might need. Okay, okay? there you go. Uh, and let's now uh, go to Mississauga. Irene, hello, and welcome to the show. Yes, good morning. Uh, thank you. Uh, question for Ms. Dobbin. Uh, I have a bougainvillea, and it's about five years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, summertime, I take it outside. Yep. In winter, I uh, bring it back, mm-hmm. and it's facing um, my sliding door to, towards the west mm-hmm. as the sun. Good. But this year, somehow, I got a brand-new growth um, just branches, and they're going absolutely mad. <laughs> Do I trim them before I take them out? I mean, some of them are already about three, four feet long. Wow. I mean, it is a vine, right? Bougainvillea does grow as a vine, typically. Right. And so, and many times people have it in a, like a cascading plant in a hanging basket for that reason. What, what, how is yours trained? Is it trained as a little bush or as a tree? Let's, or? let's, let's a little bush. A little bush, okay. What I would suggest you do is if you're going to trim it, trim it sooner than later. Okay. Because it's the, after you trim it, a bunch of more growth is going to sprout. But, of course, uh, flower buds should sprout fairly quickly as well, and you don't want to trim them off. So I would recommend that, you, yes, if you're going to do some trimming, tomorrow is the first day of March, uh, and early March is definitely an excellent time to get pruning on any of our tropical plants that we want to encourage new growth and f- we want to clean up the form. This is the time to get going on it. Okay, that's fantastic. Do I uh, fertilize also? Uh, yep, yeah, I would start fertilizing monthly starting tomorrow. All right, perfect. Great. Thank Thanks you for so your call. Much. Okay, Irene, thank Have you. Have a good day. Thank and, you. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, we are going to take just a little bit of a break here and then come back to another first-time caller, and we'll be doing that momentarily here at AM740 Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good morning as well from yours truly, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden and first-time caller, Margo in Scarborough. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Um, hi, Charlie. Um, I have a plant. It's called a euphorbia. Mm-hmm. And uh, the common name is uh, Irish petticoat. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, that is a tropical, isn't it? Yes, it's it not is. not winter hardy? No, exactly. Okay. Um, so it's growing like crazy. <laughs> I keep nipping out the, the tips, but it's just rapidly outgrowing the space that I have Where allotted did... for it. So can I cut that back now? I think you're going to have to. Where did you get the plant? Did, uh, did... Um, well, my daughter works at the uh, U of T in Mississauga, uh-huh. and she knows the, the uh, girl that runs the greenhouse. Oh. And I went to visit there, and she gave me this plant. Oh. And she didn't tell you that it was a rapid-growing, <laughs> vigorous, no, it... take-over-your-house kind of plant. <laughs> it was um, a cute little plant when I got it. It's so pretty. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's unusual. I've never grown it, but I looked it up here. So the limited information I can find is it's definitely tropical. It's a very vigorous plant. It it grows obviously outside in the tropics and subtropics and grows into an actual shrub. Oh, okay. It's quite woody. It looks Yeah, woody. yeah. So what I'd be inclined to do, if you really want to try and keep it small, like if it's just going to take over your house, maybe what you could do is when you're taking – doing some of this cutting back, is keep some cuttings, root them up and start a fresh little plant okay. and toss the mother plant or give it to somebody you don't like <laughs> <laughs> who has a really small place <laughs> and, and just keep a cutting and start again with a small plant. Okay. Uh, that would be my suggestion. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Margo, very much. And that, you that's like that, right, eh? Yeah, I like that idea. Boy, yeah. that, that's the mean side of Charlie coming up. <laughs> Margo, join us anytime, okay? Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we've got just a few minutes remaining. Okay, I but I just want to tell yes. you about this website. It is yes. so pretty. Like, you know, we walked in here, you were all gloomy about how cold it is. Yeah, yeah. And then I brought up this website, and now you're smiling, right? That's right. So if, if you want to smile, go to this website. It's days.2. So it obviously has a lot of days. Dot, it's yeah. days to anything. So in this yeah, case, it's days. No, dot, yeah, T-O slash spring slash 2015. So we've got this Days to Spring 2015 up on the screen. Beautiful spring photography is flashing across the screen. And it's telling us that there's 20 days, 8 hours, 49 minutes, and 55 seconds until spring. (laughs) 52. (laughs) Which is pretty cool. And you know what? The weather is warming up this week as as the week goes on. Did you know that? Yes, it is. Like and we're it's talking, getting later later lately, too. I know. That's good. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Yeah. Well, no, I was glad to make it through one. <laughs> so we are actually going to see highs that are single-digit minuses. I mean, it's still going to be yeah. below zero, but single-digit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No more double-digit. Like, we're, we're going to see minus three degrees. The snow That's might even melt balmy. a bit. Oh, sure. I'm getting out my shorts. I'm telling you. <laughs> this is T-shirt weather when we're at minus three. <laughs> You're right. I'm just, I'm totally looking forward to that. So, yes, indeed. Spring is on its way. So, you know, and I think we're all going to feel better as a result. You know, none of this wah, wah, wah <laughs> about winter that we've all been kind of going on about with the cold and the not-so-pretty uh, and the gray weather. Okay, uh, well, we have a couple of minutes here to uh, maybe go share over some a, of your, an yeah, email, share some perhaps. Of your thoughts. Yes. Uh, okay, let me see. Some of her thoughts. Good lord! <laughs> and she's drawing a blank. No. No. Um, okay, I've got a couple of emails. That, yes. Oh yeah, here's okay, one. Okay, good. Well, wait. How about this one? Barbara Dudley uh, sent um, an email asking about moving into an apartment mm-hmm. with a small patio, and you have going to have some afternoon sun, so obviously facing west. Wants, uh, is that enough sun for a tomato plant? The answer is yes, it is. A western location or a southern location, even an eastern could work potentially because you need a minimum of six hours of direct sunlight to grow tomatoes. So check that. Make sure you've got that six hours. And a suggestion on one that might grow the best. Frankly, on a, uh, a small, like on a patio or a small balcony, I would be inclined to use a very simple tomato called, it's actually called patio tomato. Mm-hmm. It doesn't grow too tall. Uh, it grows only maybe uh, Ooh, foot and a half, two feet tall. Perfect for my balcony, right? Exactly. Perfect for a balcony. Yeah. You need about an 8 to 10 inch pot, preferably 10, maybe even 12 because tomatoes have vigorous roots and to have lots of fruit, you want to have, you know, the roots be able to grow. So pot it up into about, yeah, like 10, 12 inch pot. But I would just go with one very simple called a patio tomato and uh, or one of the small ones, you know, the little tiny Tims. They're great. There's a bunch of miniature vegetables out there nowadays because there's a lot of people growing in containers on rooftops and patios. And we'll talk more about all kinds of 
vegetables and things. In two weeks, we've got a special guest joining us. We're going to talk a lot about edibles uh, two weeks from today. That's excellent. Mm. I see in the next room. I'm just going to just take a moment. Alan Gelman. Mm. Is Alan listening in there? Yeah. Are you listening, buddy? He's yeah. listening. He He's looked listening. at you. Yeah. I just, want to, I just want to thank him. Hello, Alan. Alan Gelman has a wonderful shop called Glen Allen Motors uh-huh. in North York. And uh, I, in fact, recorded a commercial for him. And it was because I did such a wonderful job in that commercial, I took my own advice. And I went out and I saw Alan. I needed some work done in the car. My God, you would not believe the, the rap- rapidity and the thoroughness of their work and the reasonable cost. Oh, my the goodness. honest honest guy. Speaking of cost, the check bounced, Frank. Oh, damn. Oh, talk after the show, okay? I told you, we don't normally take checks, especially from people in the industry. People you know. Because yeah, oh, well, yeah. you know we don't make any money at all. Well, no, no, I, I appreciate that, though, really. Great guys to deal with. Keep it in mind when you want to get your car fixed up. Glenn Allen Motors. Thank okay? you very much. That's so kind okay, of you. Buddy. Yes, thank you. That was lovely. Anybody else you want to uh, <laughs> no, stroke? No, I, I guess I'm going to get hell now. <laughs> Giving away the station time. Yeah. All right. So thank you. Thanks for all the great calls. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Franklin. And we'll see you all again next week. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.